High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Uh, it's Thrifty Tuesday, our once a month feature, where my guest, Simon Moynihan, the Communications Director for Bunkers.ie, will attempt to save you money. Simon, welcome to the programme. Thanks, George. We're going to look at mortgages, but if I reflect on my life, okay. uh, particularly in relation to my mortgage, um, if you're in a good kind of position, uh, then you can always do deals. If you're in a bad position and you are beholding to the bank, building society or otherwise, you can't do a deal. So how many people are beholding to banks? Have you any kind of information on that? Yeah, the central bank um, just this morning actually released their uh, mortgage arrears figures. And what they're telling us is that 11% of the 740,000 mortgages out there are in arrears. That's you know anywhere from uh, two months behind to uh, perhaps a year or more. Okay. Um, but what that tells they have said that it's falling. It's fallen four and a half percent, and it's actually been falling for the last three years. So the amount of people in arrears is almost halved. But that doesn't tell us the whole story because what they've also uh, told us is that 120,000 of those mortgages have actually been restructured. So, so they're not in arrears, but <clears throat> they've been restructured. Correct. Yes, so they so are beholding still to the bank. Exactly. They'll be on some sort of uh, deal. Some sort of deal. Perhaps it's interest only for a certain amount of time. Perhaps it's a, it's a it's a reduced repayment and extended term, something to make the mortgage more affordable to the householder uh, without basically having to repossess the house. And then there are another crowd who are actually cleaning up on their mortgage. They absolutely are. So, uh, so far we have, sorry, 27% of the people, according to the central bank, 27% of all mortgages are unlikely to be able to switch because they're either in arrears or they're restructured. So they're sort of held onto by the bank. But as much as 50% of all mortgages in Ireland are on trackers. So I applaud the the, uh, householders that have managed to hold onto them. Some of them are as low as uh, 0.65% above ECB, but ECB is a zero, so they're paying less than 1% on their mortgages for many. Um, and these well, were less than 1% yes. on a mortgage. Less so than 1%. you're certainly not going to change. No, you'd be, you'd be absolutely well, mad no, 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 to no. change. And my guest remembers Simon Williams of Bunkers.ie is Thrifty Tuesday. Um, we're, we're, we have 50% trackers who aren't going to move, then we have 27% who are in some kind of deal or otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that means only one in four mortgage mortgage holders are in an independent kind of position they could do something. Yeah, exactly. And and in fact, uh, the banks are competing furiously for them because that's really where the whole market is. It's only about a quarter of the Irish mortgage market if you're looking for somebody to switch from one And how much to are another. they paying? How much are this quarter well, they, paying? Uh, many of them are paying, say, uh, 4.2% would be a standard variable rate that many people would be paying. Okay. So, for example, uh, if you were with permanent TSB and you were on a standard variable rate, very simply, you could reduce that by going to their list of uh, preferred household valuers uh, who will value your house. And let's say, for example, if your house is worth uh, twice as much as the as the amount that you have owing on it, then you fall into what they call the less than 50% loan to value ratio and you get permanent TSB's lowest mortgage rate. So that's a very quick and easy way to save money if you're... Uh, but there would be quite, of the, of the one and four that we're talking about, there'd be a lot of people who would be in that position. There'd be a lot of yeah, people yeah, with, with a good loan to value 
uh, percentage. Well, pr- precisely, and and property prices have been steadily increasing, of course. Um, and we've seen we've seen increases not just in in property prices, but in rents over the last couple of years. Everything is going up. But and but so, sorry, Simon, just before you get there, don't forget, and you may not want to do it now, but don't forget there are also people who are not yet getting a mortgage, but are planning on getting one. Well, that's 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 the the, the most difficult uh, cohort of of uh, homeowners or home purchasers is the poor first time buyer. Now, the, the first time buyer has been uh, hamstrung on a number uh, on a number of sides. One, rents are up nine percent just in the last year. An average Dubliner is paying fifteen hundred euros in rent, so the capacity to save has become much harder. And last year in February, the central bank introduced new rules, which said that they had to. Uh, they could pay 10% deposit uh, on loans up to 220000 and 20% on everything above that. So for, say, an average uh, Dublin house costing over €300,000, the burden has been substantially increased on first-time buyers literally overnight and made it very, very difficult them, for them to save for the deposits that, that they need. So what we're seeing as a result of this is over the last three years, we've lost 30,000 mortgages where the population is growing and we should be increasing them. Uh, and the pool of switchers is much smaller. So the, the banks are, 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 are dealing with two problems. One is half of their, their customers are on trackers and they're not making any money, or so they tell us. And the pool of available uh, customers that they're competing for is very small. However, that 25% of switchers particularly can save money. I mean, for, any, for example, the average Dublin mortgage is €280,000. If you're paying 4.2% standard variable rate on that, you could save by moving. If, you're, if, if your LTV is low, you could save about €150 Euros on, your, on your repayment over, uh, over 20 years just by switching to another bank. Now, again, it's a little bit of hassle to switch, but there's plenty of, because the, the difference in rates is so great, uh, and sometimes um, between 1, 1% between banks, that the savings are substantial. It just takes the effort to get out there and actually make the application. Yeah, but this variable mortgage thing, see, mm-hmm. I spent essentially a lifetime as a variable mortgage holder. So I I, I went from 7% to about, at, at its lowest mm-hmm. to about 23% at its highest. I mean, in the 1980s, mortgages were, I, I, I mean, I, I was afraid to look what I was yeah. paying. Like, it, it, was, it might have been 23%. That, I mean, that was my overdraft rate, but I was paying some staggering amount of money on my mortgage. Well, in the, in the early 80s, the average mortgage was 16%. Right. And so, so, I mean, and there was a period of nearly 20 years there where there were double-digit mortgage rates in Ireland. Um, so people were being... So don't these variable people be trying to get away from variable. Isn't variable a dangerous kind of word when we talk mortgage? Well, variable can be lower, and that's the thing. Um, although, to, to, to give due to some of the banks, um, Bank of Ireland, for example, are offering a 3.1% fixed rate for three years, which is very competitive. Um, and, for example, if you are on one of the higher variable rates, you will save money to mo- by moving to it. So, again, to give the example of the average mortgage of €280,000, um, uh, that's that's a savings of about 150 or more uh, every month. All right, but you're now becoming intensely popular on uh, Thrifty Tuesday, as Simon Moynihan. And what about Adele in Killaloo? She's a mortgage with the Bank of Ireland. The house is worth about 200k, mm-hmm. but they owe 150, and they're paying 4.5 percent variable. Are they stuck? No, not necessarily, because um, if they, the the LTV is where where the banks actually set their rates. So, for example, uh, every 10 points 
um, on the value of your home, there will be a lower rate with each of the banks. Now, if, the, if she's with Bank of Ireland, she could talk to them about a fixed rate for the next three years, and that would substantially reduce her rate. And the bank, uh, certainly if her repayment capacity is still the same as it was when she took out her mortgage in the first place, they should be able to accommodate her. And that would save her from having to switch banks altogether. But, but what about retired couples with historical arrears? And like their mortgages only, I use the word advisedly, 86K, but they have arrears of 5K. They're paying 700 a month for almost two years now. What does she mean or he mean? They're with an asset management company. What does that mean? Well, an awful lot of uh, Irish mortgages have recently been bought um, away from uh, the banks or away from funds. And they're held by, in some cases... Uh, what's known as vulture funds. In fact, the, there was a, a report recently that uh, nearly 40%, uh, oh, sorry, 40,000 mortgages are held by these so-called vulture funds with more than 20% of the people on those in arrears. Now, I don't know if that's the case for your listener, um, but unfortunately, if you have arrears, especially recently, it's going to be very difficult for you to switch. Well, to this rate. asset management company, the, the listener understands that the interest is probably significantly higher. Would that be right? It could very well be. Yeah, absolutely. And And... Uh, when we're looking at standard rates, for example, standard variable rates, I, again, I, without knowing who it is, yeah, I can't, I can't I put a finger on exactly what the rate is. But what customers should certainly do is, one, make sure that they'll qualify if they're, if they're looking to switch. Okay. So a really, really important th- factor to, to look into is if you're a married couple and you took out your mortgage with two incomes and you've had a couple of kids and now you're, 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 you're living off one income, you may not qualify for uh, your mortgage again. And this is a real difficulty some people face when they're looking to switch. So if you go into the bank and they say, well, you know, in your previous application, you were earning 75,000 euros combined and now you're earning 50,000 with with one person, we may not be able to offer you a better deal. Now, in, in cases where everything is correct, what you want to do is you want to try and assess whether you're going to qualify for a mortgage before going out and applying for it, because it's an arduous process and they do ask for an awful lot of information. The banks will look through at least six months of your current account statements. They may find all sorts of things that they'll point a finger to as... Well, uh, uh, in one occasion, I can tell you for a fact, like they mm-hmm. want to know what was in the super value shopping basket on a Friday. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think they have a cheek. But presumably this this uh, person is uh, unlucky, unlikely. He's got a tracker mortgage. He wants to sell the house. Can he keep the tracker? He's no, no chance, presumably. No, no chance. No, no. I mean, the banks are looking for any opportunity to get people off trackers. Now, today I heard Simon, Simon Coveney and you continuing his uh, thing mm-hmm. with your plaintiff poor first-time buyers. Like, why are we so worried about the first-time buyers? Uh, As a listener says, the first-time buyer is at zero. There's a ton of people in negative equity of maybe minus 100. Well, I mean, the poor first-time buyer is the future customer of all the banks. Uh, The poor first-time buyer is also the person who likely is paying the taxes and has the job. And the poor first-time buyer has seen his rent go up by 11% in the last year. And on top of that, the poor first-time buyer was 29 in the mid-2000s, and he's now 34. So these higher, uh, the, the inability to borrow from banks, so the bank's making it very difficult recently for customers to borrow. The new first-time buyer rules from, uh, from the new um, mortgage rules from the central bank have all sort of conspired to make it extremely <coughs> difficult for ordinary, if you think of them as an ordinary married couple with I mean, one child. I, I hate this 
tears pouring down your cheeks as you mm-hmm. talk about this poor first-time buyers. There were generations of Irish people had to find a 20% deposit before they could buy a house. And they were married, and they might have had a child mm-hmm. or not buy a child, have a child. But, but they had have a deposit, and they thought nothing of saving for it. Yeah, I think it's 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 just that the saving has become so much more difficult with double digit year on year rent increases. So landlords are taking much of the savings capacity away from our poor first time buyers. Um, and on top of that, the, the the central bank in some cases has almost doubled the amount that is required for a deposit. So when if you take a, a, a say, you know, John and Jane from three years ago, they knew they had to save 10 percent for a deposit for their house. Uh, and then suddenly a year and a half ago, the central bank says, uh-uh, that's not actually the case. You're going to have to save considerably more than that just when they thought they'd reached the target that they that they've right. been set. But the reason that the bank is doing that, because another generation just went away and bought houses they couldn't afford because banks gave them enormous amounts of money, right. not just for the house but for the furniture and a, and a continental holiday to boot. Uh, yeah. So the central bank is now trying to stop us slipping into that sort of nonsense. They are, and, and it is prudent, of course, but I think that, that if there's one group in society that should get a little bit of a break, it is the first-time buyer. Well, I I, I, you yeah. may not agree, no, but, I, uh, but I, I think maybe I'm a little closer to their age, perhaps, and... and right. uh, Bren, Bren has a mortgage of 50k. He's wondering about switching. I, if I was Bren, surely I'd be going to Mass every Sunday and thanking my lucky stars for having a mortgage of 50k. It's a nice small, it's a nice manageable mortgage and I hope his payments are, are low. <laughs> you know, but it mightn't be a bad idea to talk to his own bank. I mean, if his mortgage is 50k, it's very likely that he falls into that sweet spot, which is the less yeah. than 50% loan to value Must rate. Be. And for, he could be paying a, a rate that, that's more applicable to somebody with an 80 or 90 percent LTV. So what he should do is just give give the bank a call and say, look, is there anything you can do yeah. about this? And, and banks like Permanent TSB do actually have a facility where they'll send a valuer out to your house, um, tell you whether it's worth what you think it is, and then they may lower your rate for you. Now again, or you could, well, in his case with 50,000, it's whether I'd be reluctant to go through uh, right. the process because okay. he's close to getting this paid off. But Keith in Mead, he's renting for the last uh, nine years, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because he's spending all his money on rent, he can't save for the mortgage and the bank won't take into account his ability to pay, you know, and so on, so yeah. on, so on. But part of all this problem and the reason why you and I are talking every Tuesday once a month or whatever is that we have this affection with buying houses which is not shared by our continental customers. Not at all. We have we have something that borders on an obsession with buying houses. Whether whether we own them or not, we have the we have the highest uh debt to to sorry, highest ownership to debt ratio in Europe. So basically we own about 25% of our home. Right, the, the bank owns the other seventy-five percent. In second place across Europe is the Netherlands, and they they own twenty percent more than we. They're they're at fifty percent, just over fifty percent. So this thing whereby we must own our home at all costs is it's sort of part of the national psyche. Um, I share it a little bit because I think we, one of the problems that we have is we don't have what you would consider uh, a, a protective rent control. Yeah, so, sure. for example... Different story. Though. Yeah, exactly. It is a different story, absolutely. But you're, you're absolutely right. We do seem to have some sort of maniacal obsession with owning houses. All right, well, if you are in arrears, though, by and large, you're paying a higher mortgage rate. Isn't that right? And you cannot switch or change or give the bank a hard time. They kind of own your lock, stock and barrel. Yeah, I mean, if you're in arrears, your bank is going to look to try and... Uh, 
either restructure to make a payment more affordable for you. This is actually something the central bank mandated mandated that all banks should do, which is get out there and uh, talk to their customers or customers talk to the bank and try and arrange some sort of more affordable uh, repayment program. So that's where we got the the, the 120,000 people have now had their mortgages restructured in some manner or another. Um, but no, you're not going to be able to switch with, an arre- with arrears. It's unlikely that your bank is going to give you a better rate unless it's part of a restructuring program. And some banks are better than others, are they? Um, some banks are more active in restructuring customers. Um, and that's mostly the big indigenous Irish banks that were... Uh, are you better off dealing with an Irish banker than a German or Swiss banker? That I, that I can't answer for you. I haven't, I haven't come across the problem personally myself, so I, so I don't know. But anecdotally, the, the big Irish banks have received huge injections of capital and have been mandated by the government particularly to Because help the, the bank can't, can't tell Credit Suites or Danska or whoever what to do is that well, it? in certain circumstances those banks may be regulated to some some extent by uh, within Ireland but generally they would be regulated within their home countries so it's it's more difficult certainly for the government to tell uh, Danska for example but Danska aren't trading here anymore anyway in a in a, a, a personal banking well capacity. if they're not <clears throat> trading here then and, and you're with Danska as one of the the listeners says you can't go anywhere sure if they're not even if you can't even find the fellow well, no, they they, <clears throat> they stopped taking on new customers. They ejected all of their personal banking customers, their current account customers and so on. And they just said, we're not giving you current accounts anymore, sorry. And anyone who has one can go away. But they did hold on to the mortgage loan book. And so there should be, I would hope, uh, somebody you can call to talk to about your mortgage uh, if you're a Danske Bank customer.